Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want you to know that I Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go at you first. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. We're back and it's almost football season. Two weeks and two days, baby. Football season is basically here. Um, thankfully, <laughs> we're not opening this with a injury report saying Chris Ottman Bell is gone for the season, which I think was a... <laughs> A fear that many had when the initial reports came out of his uh, of what seemed at the time like a knee injury in practice, but uh, you know, thankfully we're only stuck with the dreaded week. He's week to week, and it is not a season-ending serious thing, according to Coach PJ Fleck. Given you know that uh, the offense seems to like it would be predicated on a, a strong passing game, and he is the by far most experienced returning wide receiver. Uh, having him gone for a, a long time would be bad, uh, but week to week isn't good either. Uh, Andy, kind of, how are you feeling? <laughs> Sigh relief uh, aside. Yeah, you know, I think it's 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 obviously pretty much once anybody who saw the injury. I don't think you know. I I only heard about it, but it's it's pretty much best case scenario. Um, you know, ankle sprain, obviously it can be nagging and things like that. But in, in theory, the, the hope would be that, um, you know, worst case scenario, he's back in time for the Colorado game, um, you know, missing, missing Ohio state and potentially, uh, Miami of Ohio, if, if need be, obviously, uh, the Gophers probably should be fine with him not being suited up for Miami, Ohio, Ohio state is a, is a whole nother ball game. Um, if, if he can't go for the game against the Buckeyes, uh, the Gophers are going to need some of their uh, less heralded wide receivers to really step up because I think uh, everybody knows if, if the Gophers uh, don't have a full complement of wide receivers, Ohio State's going to do the best they can to, to stack the box to try and shut down Muhammad Ibrahim and, and, and make Tanner Morgan try and find somebody to beat him. So, um, you know, that, that makes that game a little bit tougher. I think I, from everything I've heard, um, it's possible he'll be back for Ohio State, but probably not, you know, or he's not going to be 100% for the Buckeyes. So uh, that that's going to be tougher. But, yeah, you know, bet, hopefully he's uh, he's back by the time we get to uh, to Colorado and, and Bowling Green and the big the rest of the Big Ten season sounds the Buckeyes, and, and he can make an impact because, um, you know, it, it, it's sounding like through the early part of camp from what people have been able to see, um, you know, you've got Daniel Jackson, who's also a little banged up with a hand injury, and then uh, it sort of is a question from there. Um, you know, you've got that that Texas A and M uh, transfer right, who uh, who has looked good at times, but is still a little raw. And then and then here to who who do you got? You know, it, it's either the the Clay Garys, Michael Brown, Stevens of the world, or you're looking at some of your true freshmen, whether it be. Uh, let me keep Rockington or Brady Boyd. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who tries to, to step up here in the absence of, of Chris Ottman Bell, but uh, somebody's going to have to step up or else uh, 
the Gophers are really going to be in uh, in a world of hurt come Ohio State. Well, let's let's keep the optimism flowing for a little bit. Uh, it's fall camp, which means everybody has improved and all sorts of other good stuff. Uh, you and I were talking just before we you know started recording, and it feels like a lot of the the news of note coming out of uh, fall camp revolves around the defense. Is that kind of your feeling as well? Yeah, you know, obviously the Gophers uh, didn't have have a great defense on the field last year after after losing several of their stars from from the year before uh, to the NFL: Antoine Winfield Jr., Carter Coughlin, Kamal Martin, etc. And, and especially, uh, you know, the the run game uh, at times, whether it be the defensive line or the linebackers, really didn't uh, didn't look great for the Gophers. And and the good news is, it's through a couple of off season acquisitions it seems like both those positions have, have been relatively shored up and then you know we're hearing positives coming from them rather than negatives uh the defensive line you've got the niles pickney the clemson grad transfer who apparently has been quite impressive in practice um and really should hopefully make a, a strong impact on this defensive line in fact you could argue the defensive line is is arguably that and running back probably are where we are the deepest um you know you've got you've got five, six guys who will probably rotate through uh, everyday action on the defensive line for the Gophers, uh, you know, without blinking. Um, and, and they all can make plays, and, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, linebacker, obviously, Mariano Sorimarin didn't have a great uh, 2020 season. Um, he, he's looking a little bit better, and he's being pushed by both Braylon Oliver back from, from a knee injury and Jack Gibbons, the Abilene Christian transfer, who apparently is... Uh, you know, at least from the part of practices that the media has been able to see, arguably has been the best gopher linebacker on the field and, and looks like he belongs and, and potentially could be a, a huge player in the middle of that gopher defense here this season. Well, and then also you've got, uh, it feels like, the emergence of Terrell Smith in a way that, you know, he teased as a true freshman and I think everyone was hoping to see, you know, uh, continued growth, but hopefully it appears as though that growth may be happening right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Minnesota knew they needed another corner to step up after Benjamin St. Juice went to the NFL, and Coney Durr pretty much has one of the one of the outside corner spots on lockdown, and the question was, who's going to step up? Was it going to be Terrell Smith? Was it going to be... Uh, Philip Howard was it going to be one of the the true freshmen, uh, Justin Wally, or or Miles Fleming, um, you know? And it sounds like again from from reports we're hearing, and, and obviously, you know, media access is limited at practice. But Terrell Smith has really stepped up and looked and looked good in in, in fall camp. Uh, he's he's not been as grabby as he has been in the past. He's not getting beat. He's made some nice nice plays, and if he can step up and win that second corner job for Minnesota, I mean that's great. Uh, especially if you give uh, Wally and Fleming a little bit more time to adapt to the college game. Uh, you know everybody. PJ Fleck loves Justin Wally. Uh, keeps calling him Mister Mississippi. You know the Mississippi uh, player, high school player of the year last year. He's got nothing but good things to talk about him. Um, you know, give him give him half a season to to get some reps and some backup reps, and and maybe he becomes that that number two corner at some point over the year. But uh, if Terrell Smith can step up, I mean, we know he has the raw talent. He came in as a heralded recruit, and we saw him. He played great at times his freshman year. Uh, if he can if he can show that consistency and then really become a strong number two corner, I mean, 
this this gopher defense i think will be obviously i don't think it's going to be 2019 levels let's put it that way but it's got to be leaps and bounds ahead of where it was last season and and that legitimately takes the gophers from arguably a team that has a potential to go six and six and seven and five to one we're easily talking about eight and four nine and three well, we'll definitely have more schedule predictions uh, coming up as a blog, you know, here in the next uh, week or so. Um, I think is when we'll probably start dropping some of those. But it feels like it's probably time to talk about a couple key uh, changes related to uh, the the well, kind of the stuff around the game. Uh, the first is if you haven't been paying attention, the University of Minnesota has moved to digital tickets and digital. Uh, parking passes. So that means you're going to have your tickets on your phones. Uh, You can get them to print them off at the box office uh, day of game, uh, but that's going to cost you a fee. Is that, am I remembering that right? They will print them, but it'll be a fee. I I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Okay. So let's just, let's just do this so that I don't steer anybody wrong and get the box office mad at me. It's on your phone folks. (laughs) So charge your phone. If you're worried about your phone not having a charge, they have these amazing little battery backups that you can plug into your phone. Have one of those with you. Uh, Know how to pull it up. Have it pulled up before you get in line. Um, And honestly, show up 45 minutes before you think you usually need to. Because whatever extra drinking you were going to do in the tailgate lot is not going to be... It's you're going to be cranky if you get into the game late. And I don't know. I don't so much have issues with the University of Minnesota on this. I don't trust the security staff that get assigned to these games. They seem to have a real TSA complex about them. And, uh, you know, that plus cell phone connection issues seem like destined to to really cost uh time getting in getting in through the gates so i would strongly recommend everybody get uh get to the game extra early uh, to make sure they have a chance to work through any kinks on this uh digital ticket thing the next thing is tailgating so obviously this is a thursday night game the thursday night game of labor day weekend which means the state fair is going on great minnesota get together we love it the one time a year, one part of it that nobody who's a Gopher fan loves is how it affects parking and tailgating. If you're somebody who typically uses the state fair lots for tailgating, those don't exist. You know this. Uh, we've had Thursday night games now for half a decade plus. But what people usually do is move to East River Flats if they don't, if they're a state fair uh, tailgate lot. In fact, many folks are just East River Flats park people generally and here's where we get to talk about the minneapolis parks board uh quite possibly just the best group of people that's ever existed on the face of this earth they have uh done something interesting for tailgating this year the first is there's no parking on the grass well you might be asking how are we supposed to tailgate if there's no no parking on the grass the answer is uh, there are 70-odd, I think, parking spots in the surface lot at East River Flats. You can park there, and you can carry your things onto the grass. But if you carry your things onto the glass, your tent, uh, your grill, your table, uh, you have to have a tailgate pass, which is essentially like kind of like a picnic pass, which is supposedly something that they've required in other parks. I don't know. I don't live in Minneapolis. I couldn't tell you. 
But what it means is parking, whether you're tailgating or not, is first come, first serve in the surface lot, and it's $10. Then, assuming you have a spot there and you want to be tailgating in the grass, you need to purchase either a season pass, which is $140, uh, or 20 games, uh, $20 per game, and that'll go down by $20 every game uh, as the season progresses and you can purchase it whenever you want. Or it's $30 for a single game. And uh, Andy's done that for, for he and I and our group. Uh, but it's not feeling super well organized. Uh, Andy got a little receipt and they said be ready to show it. There may or may not be a parking attendant. I don't know. This, this feels kind of haphazard and thrown together and liable to be a pain in the ass. Which frankly sounds just like the minneapolis parks board yeah no it it once again the the city of minneapolis unfortunately is making it really really hard to for people to have fun and and for whatever reason the city of minneapolis has always made tailgating super hard um you know back back in the metrodome days there were the metrodome lots and and those were were grandfathered in you could tailgate in, in a certain amount of lots along washington there no problem and then the metrodome got torn down and u.s bank stadium got poured in and then at one point the city of minneapolis basically threatened to to make tailgating illegal at any parking lot around that area and now they've they've acquiesced and there's a couple lots around u.s bank stadium where tailgating is legal for vikings games the problem with that is those are the only lots in the entire city there is a downtown zone where tailgating is legal around u.s bank stadium it is illegal anywhere else in the city of minneapolis unless you you have a specific permit um so like you know, as we said here, now the the city of Minneapolis Parks Board is requiring a tailgating permit, which, which from a liability standpoint, I guess I can understand. Basically, it's a, hey, you know, if you're going to be drinking in a city of Minneapolis park, you have to abide by these regulations. Oh, by the way, we're going to make you pay a fee to make sure that you're abiding by these regulations, things like that. So I understand where they're coming from. Um, but the execution of it's going to be interesting to see. As I, as as Chris said, you know, I went through the permit process, picked up a permit for the Ohio State game. I got an email basically saying, "Yep, here's your receipt for your permit. You're not going to get an actual permit. You're just going to get this receipt." And so, if anybody asked you to show your permit or your receipt, whether it be an employee of the Minneapolis Parks or a Minneapolis Park Police, you're required to show it if you are tailgating at the flats. Um, whether they're going to do that, nobody actually knows. Um, you know, parking, uh, they're from, from all indications, they're still keeping a, a COVID policy of there's going to be no, uh, no parking attendant, no more pay, handing the guy $10 in cash. They're going completely cashless. If you want to park in the flats, they're saying you either need to pay using the city of Minneapolis parking app, or you need to pay at the pay station, digital pay station that's down there at the flats. Um, so it's not like you pull in, hand the guy ten bucks, he hands you a little a little card, and you're good to go. That's that's not going to happen this season, from all indications that the Minneapolis Park Board has pulled out. So um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, in theory, again, from from the legalese that I'm reading, you only need to have one tailgate permit for your group. But does that mean you'll and and tents are limited in size to ten by ten? So does that mean 
you know, if you have a group of 40 people tailgating, as long as you have one tent, do you only need one permit? That would be the understanding of the legalese I'm reading. Um, You know, as opposed to, same thing, if if you're two people and you're pulling out a little portable grill from the back of your car, do you need a $30 permit? Uh, from all indications I'm reading, the answer is yes. So obviously there's there's some, some things that will have to get worked out and figured out and how well they're going to enforce things is, is a total crapshoot. But uh, it all goes back to, to what Chris was saying, that Thursday night at Ohio State, it's going to be a sellout. It's the first game of the year. There's always trouble getting into you uh, to now Huntington Bank Stadium the first game of the year. There always is. Security is inconsistent. Uh, there's always lines. People wait till the last minute. There's always concession issues the first game of the year. So, yeah, as we said, get your tailgate figured out. Leave the tailgate lot early. Try and get into the stadium because we don't need 35,000 people all trying to get into the stadium at 6.50 Thursday night because it's not going to work. There are going to be glitches with the digital tickets. Nobody's done that before. It's going to be slow, so we'll harp on this the next couple of weeks leading up to the game. But And I'm sure, the, I'm sure the university will put out the exact same message, but, you know, get get to the game a little bit early. Make sure you're actually in seats by the time the, the Gophers run out of the tunnel because uh, if you think you can just roll out of the tailgate lot at 645 and, and be in your seats for kickoff, uh, I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I would agree. But on the plus side, there's a game and there's tailgating. So we've got that to look forward to. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I think for now we've probably covered all the good stuff to cover for football. Two other sports to, to quickly mention. Soccer, uh, with a new head coach, has their first game Thursday. Is that correct? Yeah, the uh, the Gophers soccer team kicks off. They're the, the, the very first game of the uh, 21... 21- 2021-22 go for sports season um, and it'll be led with the new uh, new head coach Stephanie Golan their former head coach went to uh, Missouri in the offseason and uh, Aaron Chastain who was a who was a gopher alum was hired by Mark Coyle and she will uh, she'll open up the program for the gophers coming up here uh, this year you know she was a three-year captain for the gophers in the 90s uh, I think still is the ninth all-time leading scorer for for the U, um, and you know it, it's her program now. She gets to try and and get the team. The Gophers uh, didn't have a great uh, season uh, last year. I think they finished mid- middle of the Big Ten pack, and then then uh, I think they won one Big Ten tournament game before getting upset by Iowa. Um, but uh, yeah, the the Gophers will open up at home Thursday night, six p.m. when they host Baylor. Um, and then they have another home game Sunday at 1 o'clock against Illinois-Chicago. So two home games back-to-back uh, to open up the season. They had a couple of exhibition games. I know they won uh, They won one nothing up in uh, Fargo against North Dakota State, and I know they played St. Thomas, which was St. Thomas's first-ever Division I uh, game uh, as a program. Exhibition didn't count, but... Uh, I don't know if I ever actually saw a final of that one, how that one went. But, um, yeah, you know, hopefully the Gopher soccer team, they were predicted earlier this week to finish 10th in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, so they definitely have their, their work to 
get out for them. They had, had three members of the team named to the Big Ten preseason watch list. Uh, Delaney Skur, Megan Gray, Sophia Bowman. Um, you know, so hopefully they can uh, get off to a good start here against a, a Power 5 opponent in Baylor Thursday night and, and get the program off uh, going the right way under, uh, under Chastain's leadership. Uh, no, the other program to talk about right now, volleyball, comes in ranked number seven in the initial uh, coaches poll. Uh, is it a coaches poll or is it writers poll? Uh, it is the coaches poll. Yeah. Yeah. So the ABCA rankings, um, ranked number seven, one of I want to say six or seven Big Ten teams to get ranked. Yep, six Big Ten teams in the top twenty-five. Uh, the Gophers are at number seven, or the third-ranked Big Ten team. Uh, the Badgers come in at number two. Uh, Nebraska is number five. Purdue is number eight. Ohio State is eleven, and Penn State is twelve. So uh, again, the Big Ten always is, or at least had recent history, has been the be- best conference in, in college volleyball. Uh, I mean, you see, you've got six teams ranked in the top twelve of the country again this year. So it's going to be a murderer's row. Uh, in fact, out of uh, right now out of Minnesota's 27 scheduled games, 13 of them uh, are against teams ranked in the preseason poll, uh, two against the Badgers, only one against Nebraska and Purdue, two against Penn State, Ohio State. But then you also have uh, the Gophers opening their season up uh, August 27th in Madison in, in the Big Ten Big 12 Challenge. They get number 10 Baylor to open the year. Uh, then they play TCU. Then they come home the next Wednesday, first game of the year at Pavilion number one Texas in town before then going out to play number six, Florida, the like five days later. So, um, yeah, the, the Gopher non-conference season, once again, is completely stacked. They've got, uh, Baylor ranked 10th, Texas first, Florida six, 21st Stanford, 14th Oregon, all on the schedule in the first five of their six games in the non-conference season. And then the murderers row that is the big 10. So, uh, you know, go for volleyball team up to the task. They have uh, almost everybody back. Regan, Pick, Regan Pittman is the only uh, star from last season who decided not to come back for an extra year. Uh, she decided to graduate and move on, but they get uh, Stephanie Samity, who was the uh, college volleyball player of the year last year. Um, she's back for a fifth season. Um, you know, the, the Gophers are bringing back a lot of talent, a lot of talented freshmen once again. Uh, so, Minnesota will be in that in that top ten fold all year and and you know once again it'll come back to can they can they find the magic come NCAA postseason time where they've they've had you know a couple years where they've gotten to the the final four and just not being able to get over the hump and then they've had a couple years including last year where they they've had disappointing losses in the Sweet Sixteen to uh, to teams that were seeded higher than them so uh, hopefully. With a tough non-conference schedule, they missed that last season. Uh, and going into the murders row that is the Big Ten, uh, the ladies will be ready to uh, be ready to produce and will uh, pop off come NCAA tournament time. Which I believe the final part of the tournament is in Columbus, Ohio. So it would be really nice if they made a nice big run because uh, I could go watch that, which would be pretty cool. So, something for me to file away. Look forward to Go Gophers Volleyball. All right. Well, I think that's going to take care of the Sky U podcast this week. 
looking forward to bringing back some of your other favorites from our crew. Uh, Blake and U Street um, will be joining us as per usual, and we'll mix in other folks as their availability allows. But it is a new season of football. It is a new season of the podcast, and that means, as always, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Go Gophers, row the boat.